0: Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services.
1: This is Ari Kaplan, and I am speaking today with Nathan Miller, the CEO and founder of Miller Inc., a full-service strategic and crisis communications firm in Los Angeles. Hi, Nathan. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm looking forward to this conversation. So tell us about your background in the genesis of Miller Inc.
0: I founded Miller Inc. a little over 10 years ago in, at the beginning of 2013. I've spent my whole career, about 20 years, in at the intersection of politics, public policy, and comms. That was the first half of my career. Obviously, our, our firm does a lot of different things now. My background, I I have a master in public policy. I worked at um I've worked in Brussels and Washington, DC at different think tanks and in sort of research organizations doing advocacy work uh, connected to different issues mostly in the middle east and in 2010 i became the chief speechwriter for israel's mission to the united nations and uh, i was a communications director there and had a very interesting run um during a very interesting time the outbreak of the arab spring in the middle east and many different issues and for anyone who knows much about the dynamics of the u.n you know that Israel's not always the most popular country there, so it was a great experience in crisis communications. And I left that role in 2013, and I founded our firm. Uh, we've always wanted to be a what I describe as an athletic shop, meaning you know we're a boutique. We're about um, 20, 20, a little more than 20 professionals today, um, and I and I like that size of a firm. We have we have we're headquartered in LA, but we also have team in Northern California and New York. And we really focus on tough issues, translating complex ideas or nuanced ideas into powerful messages and effective strategies that move the needle for our clients. And that whole experience for me over, you know, the the, the 10 years before I founded the firm at other agencies and working in, in, in politics and working in, at the UN and diplomacy, I think was was instrumental in in sharpening that skill set and giving me that worldview and the the strategic approach to deliver. So that's a little bit of my background.
1: You know, when I was in law school and throughout my entire third year, so second summer of law school, throughout my third year, I was lucky to work with the chief legal counsel in the Office of Foreign Missions at the the State Department, uh, which had uh, a division at the UN. And also I had worked in the UK, the Czech Republic, then Czechoslovakia and Japan. And I'm just wondering... Given your international experience and the breadth of your work, how does that impact the style with which you approach some of the complex matters that you're discussing?
0: So it's really funny you mentioned that. I am married to an attorney and- uh, As I am
1: I. Yeah, so uh, I
0: feel very lucky that that's the case. When I left, just a quick story, when I left the UN, the relationship between our speech writing office, our comms shop, and the legal team at the UN was always, it was complicated because- Everything you say on the floor of the Security Council, it falls under international law. And the lawyers would sometimes use that to put their imprint on speeches in a way that I didn't necessarily want. But we had a really lovely working relationship. But it was it was contentious. And there were many times when we would be in the office of the ambassador who kind of had to determine I'd say, I want to say this for this diplomatic or political reason. They'd say, I want to say this for a legal reason. And then he would have to kind of. So when I left, it was a. I was moving back to Los Angeles. I was going to get married. And he said, and he knew I was marrying an attorney. And he said, um, given your experience with our esteemed legal department, I'm sure you're going to have a, a life of marital bliss. And, um, but it was, a, but more broadly, I think working in diplomacy, every word is negotiated. And you often have to bring consensus to a document with many different people who are looking at things. Also, just the the tempo and the pace of the work I was there during the outbreak of two different major armed conflicts where, you know, you have 20, 30 minutes to write a speech that's going to be quoted all around the world, you know, from the Florida Security Council. And just that training, it's it's almost like athletic training. You have to really be able to perform very quickly with lots of people screaming at you. I also would sit behind the ambassador in Security Council meetings and I would write freehand his, resp- w- 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 what you call a right of reply. So people would, you know, Syria would say something, we had to respond and, That experience of having to do things very quickly, it translates a lot to the kind of work that we do today in our crisis shop. You know, you have sometimes the reporter calls and you have an hour to respond and you have to be very comfortable operating in that moment. And so that initial training and in diplomacy, I think was really helpful. Also, you know, we have a lot of global clients and being able to translate across different cultures is, is just super helpful and I think really important.
1: What types of crisis communications do you manage? We do
0: all sorts of different matters. I would say we like complex and challenging cases. So I've represented individuals who've been hacked by foreign governments and targeted with information operations. I've done high-profile business disputes, you know, litigation. We've done a couple of cases where a client was a company suing or being sued by the US government. Uh, we've done... Uh, celebrity cases, we've done very contentious family disputes, or you know, issues related to a company with an HR issue, or I mean, from very small to very large, everything is interesting. I think no matter the size of the matter, like the the thing I love about our job is that no two days are the same, and you always have to think quickly on your feet. You have to know see all the angles and really play chess. And think about the second, third, fourth, fifth order consequences of every decision that our client may make, and be able to advise them with with that worldview. And I think that's very similar to what how attorneys have to think. Um, and we worked very closely with them, and helping to bring maybe broader awareness of the different tools you know available in a crisis, whether those are investigations and private researchers, or digital uh, tools, or dealing with the traditional press, or you know some best practices related to uh, communications. And that that set of tools is changing every single day. So we have to really be on top of that and always be thinking about how do we add more value to any situation that we're in where there's often not a right right answer, but you have to be thoughtful and give the best advice that you can to, to your clients or their counsel, given the probabilities of any particular situation.
1: How do you distinguish crisis communications from more traditional public relations?
0: You know I think traditional public relations in general is you conceive of a broad, proactive program. And we have a traditional strategic communications firm with you know we have a crisis practice within our agency, but we we do what you would call traditional public relations or strategic communications. It's where you think about in traditional PR, you you have a broad goal that you're trying to advance, bring more clients or customers to a company advance the positioning of an executive, advance an advocacy goal of a particular group. And and you think about a proactive, consistent strategy that you pursue over time to advance those goals. So you have a, you know, I always say the three pillars of every good strategic communications uh, program are a clear goal, um, a targeted audience, and a compelling Message that drives your audience in the you know in, in the direction of your objective and you know you can kind of think about it plan it good PR is also reactive you think about what's happening in the news cycle and you think about how you pin your issue uh, to make it news relevant for the public and for journalists but but it's fundamentally a you know it's a consistent clear proactive program over time a crisis tends to be where there's a potential reputational risk or reputational damage that's occurring in real time. You know, or something where there's a, it's very time bound, and you have to navigate quickly and help a client make the right decisions in that moment to set themselves up uh, to mitigate to mitigate the risk, to advance their goals over the long term. But it's it's generally quicker response where if you don't act a certain way or or within a certain time period, there is real risk to the organization in one way or another.
1: How can lawyers and legal teams prevent potential crisis situations?
0: So there's a lot that you can do, actually. I see so often the the matters that we get brought into, people could have done a lot more than they did. The first thing that I, I encourage every organization to have a crisis plan in place, big or small, map out the likely scenarios of a potential crisis, of potential crises you could face, whether that's, you know, if you're dealing with the public, you know, what do you do if there's a you know a, a particular issue with the product or if you're dealing with an hr issue or you know depending on the organization you map out the likely scenarios and then you map out what your response will be who the designated spokespeople will be in the event of a crisis who, how how will you make decisions determining that process ahead of time is really important because if you if you don't make that determination ahead of time the crisis is the worst time to make those decisions and think about how you actually run that process. So it forces people to have a conversation ahead of time and it prevents those costly mistakes. The other thing is there's some some really basic things that people can do. I really encourage people to, to media train everybody who's public facing in your organization. So just because they're not a media spokesperson doesn't mean the media won't call them. So you should have a media policy and a social media policy for everybody on your staff. And lawyers can be really helpful in advising their clients on doing this. You, you know, the policy should basically say, if you get a media inquiry, this is what you do. We like to set up a designated email that forwards to the communications team and to us as the outside agency. We do a simple training for the frontline staff. We also do media training for the more senior staff in case they will. we need to use them you know to be interviewed in the future. And we put that into employee handbooks. We put that into contracts with potential vendors. So if you're, for instance, you're a real estate company and you have a property manager, that property manager should sign off that, you know, our media policy is we don't talk to press or we we, we behave in a certain way. So lawyers can be really helpful in putting that into their, their company's daily practices and contracts.
1: So when hiring and managing a crisis communications team, what should lawyers and law firms consider?
0: I think it's really, really important to look for firms that are not operating a legacy model, that are really up to date and understand how the current PR environment what the reality of it is? Too many firms today think about a siloed approach. Of PR is here, marketing's here, you know, social media strategy is here. You got you want someone who has a fully integrated approach, who who has demonstrated their understanding of how to pull the different levers of communications today. You want somebody who who has a lot of experience working with attorneys and has background in working on litigation or you know contract disputes or whatever it is. So that I think that's really important. You want to hire an agency that understands their role and understands the attorney's role. And you want to respect, I think it's really important to trust the PR people to do their job. And you want to hire people who you don't feel like you're going to have to stand over their shoulder the whole time and rewrite everything they write. Or, you know, you want someone that you truly value their advice. Um, and if and if you find yourselves just sort of just feeling like you have to rewrite everything or they're not providing valuable counsel, then you, then you have the wrong PR team.
1: Given the dynamic nature of media today, how do you see this field evolving?
0: There's a lot of interesting things that are happening. AI is definitely going to be a be a major disruptor in our space. I don't think it's quite there yet, but I see the way that AI is, you know, changing fields like SEO, search engine optimization, um, the the way that people can capture information about reporters and media. I think that there's going to be a huge shift in the broader media. What we've seen over the last 10 years is a real consolidation into like the major legacy media brands, you know, New York times, wall street journal, the networks. I think what we're seeing now is there's this proliferation of these long tail organizations. So many substacks, niche publications that have really great, just like your podcast. I mean, people who are able to reach a great audience directly by having expertise on a subject and by delivering really great quality content. I think we'll see some interesting developments there in terms of consolidation among some of those more long tail platforms because they really have an audience and figuring out how they organize themselves sort of you know as an alternative maybe to the just traditional legacy platforms that just dis- distribute content. So I think that's going to be very interesting. And you know the, the the mediated model that was so dominant in the US for a hundred years or so where you had to go to the traditional press in order to get a message out to an audience, it's dying or it's dead, depending on where you sit. So people are going to have to figure out how they tell a story directly to an audience in a way that's really compelling and how to reach all of those different other actors in, a, in the communications ecosystem, whether they're online influencers or bloggers or podcasters or niche publications or trade publications and how you bring all those tools together into a, into a strategy that really works.
1: This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Nathan Miller, the CEO and founder of Miller, Inc., a full service strategic and crisis communications firm in Los Angeles. Nathan, it's been a privilege. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ari. Thank you for listening
0: to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.